Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hour two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to be with you. Thanks so much for spending part of your day as we work every day to give you our view of Common sense conservatism. It should not be complicated. And I think the way we walk through stuff, it's not complicated. A very special welcome to our friends on Newsmax's second channel and two who are paying attention to us today. Delighted to have you as well. So let's talk about this aid to Israel. I think we all agree uh, Israel is a huge ally of ours. Israel is in need right now. And so House Republicans have crafted a bill offsetting uh, $14.3 billion from an exorbitant amount of care. Act or or Inflation Reduction Act money that was going to go to the IRS and said, hey, let's reverse that. Let's take some of that money. Let's instead repurpose it for this very cause, because our objective is to do what we need to do without further bankrupting my children and yours. Right. So lickety split in five days, five days after Mike Johnson gets the gavel, House Republicans create a bill, a singular one item bill. Let's fund Israel. $14.3 billion. Remember, everybody out there and his brother when this gavel fight was going on, when they were clutching their pearls saying, what an embarrassment. I can't believe those Republicans are in such disarray. Can't they get their stuff straight? And we were sitting there enjoying every moment of it saying, no, see, this is the process. This is the way the, the founders of this great experiment, this great constitutional republic, this is how they envisioned it. Robust discourse, people forced to vote. Put your cards on the table, who are you? What do you stand for? And we got a speaker, and then we got a speaker with action, and then we got a Republican party that coalesced behind him. And by golly, I haven't seen that in years. And what, what did they say? We agree with you. We must get this aid done now. Here you go. So the House is supposed to vote on it. I don't know, today, tomorrow, Friday. It's supposed to clear the House. 
And if we don't have unanimity among the Republicans, again, these are important floor votes. We've got to be able to see who people are and how they vote. Only then can you know if these people represent your values. So apparently this $14.3 billion to Israel with offset with cuts to the IRS, we're understanding it's not going to happen in the Senate. No, no, no. They're not going to go for it in the Senate. Well, isn't that very interesting? You're either for Israel and you understand that there's a need and the need is now. Or what you guys really want, you uniparty swamp creature rhino people of suck, is more money for Ukraine. More money for something that we know nothing about. Again, we get no progress updates. We have no status reports. There's no game plan. I've got no overhead materials, no bullet points. No PowerPoint, nothing for you. Just an endless cycle of money. But it's important because if Russia takes over, then everything's... No, here's your money. Vote yay or nay. So here's your headline, independentsentinel.com. I don't know this site. Intriguing, however, and I think you need to hear it. Senate Uniparty rejecting Speaker Mike Johnson's bill. Flush them out and this is how you do it speaker mike johnson's bill to separate israel funding from ukraine and offset the 14.3 billion in israel aid with cuts to the irs budget brilliant is not going to move in the democrat-controlled senate the hill reports senate foreign relations committee chairman ben cardin a democrat declared the proposal to fund or to cut IRS funding to pay for aid to Israel a non-starter. It's a poison pill. Now, anybody who agrees, and let's just speak specifically about Republicans. Republicans are delineated from Democrats in a many, many ways, right? One of the big ones, though, is our fiscal responsibility. Why are we spending more than we bring in? Why are we doing this 27 years in a row? Why can't we have a budget? Why can't we have the same belt tightening? Why can't we have the same audit that you and your family would conduct of your finances if things started to get hairy on your end? Well, according to Congress, just keep spending. The money will keep coming in, kick the can down the road, and then all of a sudden your grandchildren are bankrupt before they're even born, which is where we are. So these folks are going to say, nope, poison pill. We don't want to defund the IRS. Why? The IRS isn't about going after people who are rich. The IRS is about going after you, the middle class. Remember, the whole basic ideology here, whether it's communism or socialism, Marxism, progressivism, anything that sucks politically, is to take away from you, to give to the rich, and to put you in with the commoners, right? We're all going to be bottom feeders. We're going to be in our little 15-minute cities. We're not going to own anything. We're going to like it. We're going to open up our hands, and we're going to rely on the government for scraps. And boy, oh boy, doesn't that sound like a utopia? I can't wait. Let's hurry up on that. Why on earth would this be dead on arrival in the Senate, particularly among certain Republicans? Let's find out. The Uniparty is speaking. 
Senator Roger Wicker, one of McConnell's followers, Mitch McConnell, the ultimate senator of suck, wants the two alleged national security priorities of Ukraine and Israel tied together. Well, Roger, you know what? I'm going to say this. We don't. We don't. You blowhard. Listen to your people. He says, quote, I'm open to suggestions. Well, we just gave you a pretty big one. But I think it's important that we do border Ukraine, Israel, and give Taiwan what they need. Well, what the hell? How about you guys? You guys need anything? You, you know anybody out there who needs anything? Because we're going to give it to everybody else. You want to get in on the list? What do you need? What do our homeless veterans need? What do our border communities need besides help stat? Well, you guys take a back seat because we need Israel. Ukraine and Taiwan, and we're going to pretend like we're going to fund the border. Meanwhile, of course, the border is wide open purposefully, and they know the border security written into the bill is a joke. It isn't about building a fortress. It isn't like, hey, you know what? Under Donald Trump, we spent some money on these huge metal partitions which have been gaining rust that we just sold back for pennies on the dollar because Joe Biden is a disaster. It's not about putting up barriers to stop people from coming here. It's about making it easier to process these people. Bring them in. Let's go. Did you guys hear some of the testimony? It's 60 of these border security border agents testified, reported to their representatives that they've been pulled off of their duty to make food for the migrants, to make sandwiches. They're now chefs. Excellent. Meanwhile, we've got homeless veterans in this country who we step over on the sidewalk, hoping that we don't step into a a syringe or human filth. Perfect. Senator Lisa Murkowski, another winner, right? Her Liberty score among the bottom worst next to Susan Collins, who comes in with a 22% F. Fantastic people we keep electing. Murkowski says, realistically speaking, it's going to be challenging. Uh, What's challenging about this, guys? You said you need money for Israel. We agree. We also said we can't keep spending this kind of money without offsetting it somewhere in our budget. So here's how it's going to work. No, we can't do that, says Lisa Murkowski. We all know how hard it is to find offsets of substance. This is real money we're talking about. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. I've got 92,000 reasons why I know, Lisa. If you're looking at trying to offset the entire package, I think that's going to be a real challenge for that. We're operating with a pretty tight timeline in order to move something. So here's, they're, they're setting you up. Look, we've got to do this fast. And I don't think we can get consensus here in the Senate because we've got Republicans, way too many Republicans who suck. And we've got the Democrats who have the majority, right? So we're not going to pass this, but we're going to use the pants on fire. Oh, my gosh, we've got to help. Let's quickly, quickly, $100 billion. Let's just move that through. That's a much better idea. You see how the game is played? See how gross it is? But they tell you, no, 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 you're wrong. That's not, that's not at all how it is. Okay. All right. Well, this masterpiece theater, by the way, we need to talk about this. I call it high school musical. Usually the shenanigans for January 6th, all of this stuff. 
Well, what's going on in Colorado? We got to tee this up. I got to play something for you. How Trump's name getting kicked off the ballot? We got to talk seriously next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All of it is so obvious. Once you're awake and you're paying attention, and I say this all the time, at 30,000 feet looking down at the landscape, things look a lot more clear than when you're down in the trenches seeing only a certain landscape above you. When you're up above looking down, you can see how all of these things are connected, and that's exactly what is going on. So if we agree, the biggest terror for the Uniparty, the biggest fear they have, it's not war. It's not some kind of an imminent attack on our soil, which Chris Ray has warned about. Like, we're stupid. Every single person who walks across our border represents a threat and a danger to every single one of us. Oh, it sounds very nationalistic of you. I don't care. It's a fact. They need Trump out of the picture. He's the one guy. He has all the receipts. He knows exactly what's going on. And if I didn't know better, I'd think he had a, had a time machine and was zipping around the universe and he knows everything because he just responds to every single emergency way too calmly and purposefully. It's almost as if he has the goods. And I believe he does. So how do you get rid of somebody? Well, we're gonna try to we're gonna try early. We're going to wiretap. We didn't get anything out of that. Dang it. He's not doing anything corrupt. We're going to try to gin up a bunch of things about him. We're going to pay for some dossier. We're going to make stuff up. We're going to see what sticks. We're going to impeach a couple different times. We're going to allege that he's a Russian spy. We're going to say that he tried to throw an election, that he was trying to work with Zelensky to get rid of blah, blah, blah. Hail Mary, January 6th. This is a big opportunity. If we can create an environment, if we can put all the ingredients of a suck stew together and we can draw people to it and we can instigate enough and set some fires, maybe it'll blow up. And by default, we can say Donald Trump was guilty of creating a danger that this country can't suffer through again. (gasps) Clutch our pearls. You need dramatic acting. They got that in a handful of police officers who testified not just before the January 6th unselect committee, but who've been now repurposed for round two. They've been sent out to Colorado where there is a strong push to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. And it's the beginning of all of these dominoes that are connected to this one case. Now, if we can, if we can find a way and we can prove out of this insurrection statement in the 14th Amendment that if you're found guilty of causing a rebellion, causing an insurrection, we never talked that word before, then you can be kicked off of the ballot and can be precluded from running for future office. Bing, 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 bing. Well, you need somebody who can sell the story, right? And they found some in Masterpiece Theater from this guy named Daniel Hodges. He's a D.C. police officer. He says he was injured on January 6th. He was there responding in the Capitol. It was madness and mayhem, and he worried that he was going to die, and he was choking, and it was so scary. And he was, oh, and he cries. So they bring him out to Colorado. <laughs> And he testifies before this court case where Donald Trump and his lawyers have to deal. 
And this is the question. Uh, Officer Hodges, w- w- what kind of injuries? Were you injured on January 6th? Please tell us how bad. Listen to what he said yesterday during this testimony. Go. Did you sustain injuries? I did. Which injuries? I uh, experienced pain and bruising about my body and a swollen hand. I had a um, large contusion on my head from being struck with my right baton, which I believe resulted in a concussion, as I experienced a headache for about two weeks after the fact. I had uh, lacerations in the face, bleeding from the mouth, and uh, pain in my eye from where someone attempted to gouge it out. Wow, that is insane. Somebody tried to gouge his eyes out. Can you imagine that? That sounds like something a terrorist would do. Terrorist. Hmm. That's so weird that I say that name or that word because you're going to hear that an awful lot coming up, ladies and gentlemen. I want to show you two pictures and I'm going to describe to you, those of you who are listening and not watching. This is the same Officer Hodges shortly after January 6th. In fact, I believe this was January 7th. Here is his beaten up face. He's got looks like he got a cut on the inside of his lip. I'm sure that stings. Don't need a lot of salt or lemons. Here's a picture of his face full on. You know, he had a contusion, he said. He had lacerations. He had a concussion. He was pretty sure he was, had a headache for two weeks. Looks pretty good to me. He's not beaten up. This wasn't somebody whose eyes were gouged out. This isn't a man who was attacked by a raving lunatic mob of psychopaths who wanted to overthrow the government. That's a threat to democracy. Well... His testimony is about to unravel in a really big, bad way. And you're going to see more of the playbook to get Donald Trump out as a potential contender in 2024. This has been the goal from go. This is why January 6th was created. This is why undercover officers were milling around with these crowds. This is why the National Guard was refused by Nancy Pelosi a dozen times. This is why it all comes together in such a nice way. And we'll walk you through it coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. Okay, so the spotlight of one of Donald Trump's many legal issues, I want you to I want you to consider for a moment how completely preposterous this is that we have anyone in this country who's gagged in two of his cases. You're not allowed to talk about it. But the prosecutor, who's a raging lunatic, can run around to whatever lackey media source they want and drop little tidbits of stories Think David Muir and ABC News talking about this or that. We're going to deposit these stories. Hopefully we'll, we'll plant the seeds of a wrap-up smear. We're going to lie. Media is so greedy right now with information and so lazy that they won't double check. They'll package it, put it out there, and then you can merchandise it. Look, the New York Times. This is 60 Minutes. <laughs> so in Colorado, the idea is... Trump is an insurrectionist. He started a rebellion. He incited. He fomented a a fracas. Everybody went nutty. We can't let that happen again. He's a tyrant. Kick his name off the ballot. That's the only solution. This is how desperate these people are. We couldn't make up stuff about him. That didn't stick. We couldn't 
impeach him and sway enough people in the country to turn on him. That didn't work. We couldn't blame every mistake that this administration has made. And it's not mistakes. It's purposeful by design. The destruction of America from within by design. We've blamed Trump for that. That didn't work. We have Latinos for Trump. We have blacks for Trump. We have Arabs for Trump. We have people coming out of the freaking woodwork for Trump. The only solution we have is to prevent his name from being on the ballot. And so that's what this pushes. And all of these little legal cases are percolating all across the country. Colorado is a great test balloon. And so this is what's going on. Trump and his team got there Monday. And you need to sell the optics that January 6th was just as bad as Pearl Harbor. That's what they've said. Ba- as bad as 9-11. That's what January 6th was. Really? Okay. And you need to have a cast of characters bought and paid for central casting and they've gotten them. These are the clowns who spoke before the January 6th unselect committee and shared their details of just sorrow and pain. And you have no idea. I'm so sorry. It haunts me to this day. Oh, here's Adam Kinzinger with a box of tissues. There you go. As Benny Johnson, the walrus, sits there like, is it Thompson? Benny Thompson (laughs) sits there like a walrus with his glasses. And mm -hmm. so these guys get trotted back out. They're now shipped to Colorado. We need you to testify to tell this judge that it was so dangerous and so awful. It was an insurrection. We need you to prove this. And so one of the people they've brought out is this guy named Officer Danny Holmes. Hodges, excuse me, Danny Hodges. Why is he significant? Well, he's the guy who put up the pictures of himself saying he was beaten. His eyes were almost gouged out. Blah, blah, blah. So Masterpiece Theater starts yesterday in Colorado. Hodges is testifying. He's saying that it was such a frightful time and he's got three audio sound bites I want you to hear. (laughs) All right. Number one. I want you to hear the word he uses all the time. Now, the Associated Press won't call Hamas murderous thugs who are savage barbarians terrorists. But terrorist is being used very specifically, very purposefully in this D.C. Metro Police Officer Hodge's testimony. Listen. There was plenty of booing. Uh, A woman called us stormtroopers. Another woman who was part of the mob of terrorists laying siege to the capital of the United States, shouted traitors. I backtracked and started pulling the terrorists off my team from their backpacks and their collars. Terrorists were breaking apart the metal fencing and bike racks into individual pieces, presumably to use as weapons. Terrorists were scaling the scaffolding on both our sides, the tower that was in front of us, and attempting to breach the waist-high metal fencing that was the only barrier we had aside from ourselves. The sea of people was punctuated throughout by flags, mostly variations of American flags and Trump flags. There was Gadsden flags. It was clear the terrorists perceived themselves to be Christians. I saw the Christian flag directly to my front. Another read, Jesus is my savior, Trump is my president. I saw the thin blue line flag, a symbol of support for law enforcement more than once being carried by the terrorists as they ignored our commands and continued to assault us. Now, what did you hear? One, two, three, four, five, six times terrorists. Now, I don't know about you guys, but how many of you have ever tried to break apart a metal bike rack? Now, unless you're bringing like 
What do you use? A soldering iron? What, what do you, what, a soldering, to- a torch? What are you using to break apart a, a bike rack? They don't break apart, you clod. Terrorism. I was threatened by terrorists. So you hear the play. And he's only getting started. But wait. Then he says, the acrid sting of tear gas. Who talks like that? Listen. Go. The acrid sting of CS gas or tear gas and OC spray, which is mace, hung in the air as the terrorists threw their own CS ga- threw our own CS gas canisters back at us. The terrorists alternated between attempting to break our defenses and shouting at or attempting to convert us. Men alleging to be veterans told us how they had fought for this country and were fighting for it again. One man tr- tried to start a chant of four more years. I couldn't fully engage anyone. For the moment I do is when another 20 terrorists move in to attack while my hands are full. A chaotic melee ensued. Terrorists pushed through the line and engaged us in hand-to-hand combat. In the fight, a terrorist is knocked to the ground and his jacket rides up, exposing a large hunting knife on his belt. I, along with several other officers, piled on him while another removed the knife from his person. He regained himself unharmed and shouts indignantly, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? At this point, the terrorists had claimed most of the Western terrorists, cornering myself and other officers on the southern edge. Seven more times. Terrorists, terrorists, terrorists. The acrid sting of uh, uh, gas. Oh, This is directly verbatim from his testimony where he cried in front of the January 6th commission, by the way. Terrorists, 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 terrorists. You guys getting the idea? Donald Trump whipped up a crowd of terrorists on January 6th. <laughs> I have to tell you that three years later, it's just, it makes me really emotional. I've got to, I don't know. Come on, man. My 15-year-old son, Bobby, is better than, than you are at this, okay? I've seen the crocodile tears. Finally, he's going to use a word that I've never used in my life which proves to me somebody very specific crafted this Officer Hodge's testimony. Listen to this. Go. The Capitol building is labyrinthine, but judging from the sound of intense combat, I could tell this hallway led outside to where the terrorists had forced our retreat. At the time, I and I suspect many others in the hallway did not know that the terrorists had gained entry into the building by breaking in doors and windows elsewhere. So he believed ours to be the last line of defense before the terrorists had true access to the building and to potentially our elected representatives. Eventually, it was my turn in the meat grinder that was the front line. The terrorists had a wall of shields that they had stolen from officers as well as stolen batons, what other armaments they brought. Even during this intense contest of wills, they tried to convert us to their cult. One man shouted, we all just want to make our voices heard. And I think you feel the same. I really think you feel the same. The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting, heave, ho, thankfully, as the day wore on. More and more resources had arrived at the Capitol to drive off the terrorists. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. This is the guy who said this very stuff in front of the January 6th commission. 20 some odd times, ladies and gentlemen, he said terrorist. Terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. Doesn't it sound very... Who says labyrinthine? I had to look it up. You know what a labyrinth is. Twisting, 
Lots of turns. Labyrinthine. How many of you have ever used that in a sentence? You did not. You have not. You would not. Unless somebody very specific was writing your speeches for you. Who do I think that person is? Well, let's go back, my friends, and let's hear the dreamscape from Adam Schiff detailing what he heard in the Trump-Zelensky phone call that ended up in Trump's impeachment. Let's see if we can hear any similarities. Go. And what is the president's response? Well, it reads like a classic organized crime shakedown. Shorn of its rambling character and in not so many words, this is the essence of what the president communicates. We've been very good to your country, very good. No other country has done as much as we have. But you know what? I don't see much reciprocity here. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it. On this and on that, I'm going to put you in touch with people, not just any people. I'm going to put you in touch with Attorney General of the United States, my Attorney General, Bill Barr. He's got the whole weight of the American law enforcement behind him. And I'm going to put you in touch with Rudy. You're going to love him, trust me. You know what I'm asking, and so I'm only going to say this a few more times, in a few more ways. And by the way, don't call me again. I'll call you when you've done what I asked. Do you see the playbook? Do you hear the similarities? It is Masterpiece Theater run by fifth graders. This is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. As a president of the United States, a candidate to reclaim the Oval Office has been gagged in two of his cases. These lackeys, these Thespians, they bring together actors to portray a narrative. They don't talk about Roseanne Boyland. He doesn't talk about Roseanne Boyland being beaten to death by a Capitol Police officer's metal baton. Why not, officer? You don't talk about The Air Force veteran who was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer who'd left his firearm in a bathroom at the Capitol prior to using it to kill her. Why not? Adam Schiff is writing the script. Period. Fascinating. Do not go anywhere, my friends. Because when we come back, We're going to set up the next hour of the program. And it has a lot to do with your buddy, Tony Fauci, Dr. Science, next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. And I think something that's necessary as we march forward in this Colorado case, and this is what the the Denver Post is, is pushing today, that both Trump's legal team and the plaintiffs in this case have characterized the trial as a battle for democracy. It's so much beyond that. It's it's not that in my mind. It's, are you allowed to create fake news to ruin someone you are afraid of? 
And if you're allowed to do that in this country, we don't have a justice system. There is no justice. If you say in America today that you doubt you would be treated fairly, if, say, you were arrested for something or there was a misunderstanding, and you got hauled into court, and you were going to go on trial for something, and you didn't do it, and they looked at your profile, and they saw pictures of you and your family wearing MAGA hats, God forbid you went to a rally, do you believe you'd be treated fairly? Of course not. Of course not. That's disgusting. A group of Colorado Republican and unaffiliated voters allegedly... Colorado Republican and unaffiliated voters backed by the liberal watchdog group. I'm sure the name is going to make it sound like it's up to something good. Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. They're the ones that have filed this challenge in Denver District Court. They are, in this lawsuit, they want to keep him off of the ballot under this provision of the 14th Amendment citing insurrection, which none of us ever said in common speak before January 6th. Something that we noticed as we flipped through the channels that cold, gray day and noticed all of the TV outlets were saying the same thing. It's an insurrection. Now, how would everybody be glomming on to that same phrase? They start with the end game and they work backwards. There was a reason there was a quote unquote pipe bomb. There was no bomb. Clearly, there was no bomb. Please. They needed an excuse for there to be a dearth of Capitol Police officers there. Nancy Pelosi's daughter was filming a freaking documentary. Where's all the film? And why aren't you allowed to know any of the details? You can't see any of the body cam footage. You can't see any cell phone footage because you know the story. Now, it's one thing if it's one man, Donald Trump, because as you heard on the open that we regularly play, Rush Limbaugh had that great line that we've made into one of our opens where he said, Donald Trump If he goes away, we don't. We're not done. We're not done fighting. We're not giving up. We're not throwing in the towel. There will be no rolling over. That's not. That's not going to happen. But when it comes to your health, when it comes to the people in this country whose job ostensibly is to protect us, from illness, from viruses, whose job is to ostensibly keep us well. When you find out they've all been lying to you from the go, now what do you do? How do you carve these people out of our political public consciousness? How do we tar and feather Anthony Fauci, ruin his reputation, and leave his World Book Encyclopedia notation with an asterisk that says forever dirtbag. Because that's what he is. That's what he was. And that's what we're about to drop on you in this upcoming segment. 
that not only did the man who controls billions and billions of dollars of research money, not only did he wield that influence like a magic wand, like a blue state governor, Extending emergency powers during COVID. Not only did he do that, he lied repeatedly under oath. Brock, do you have that sound right now, or do it, is it something you want to play later? Later. Are you talking about the Fauci? Yes. Yeah, the flashback? Yes. Yep. I want you to hear this before we walk into the next segment. Remember where this man has been and what we know for a fact. Go. We, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair. We did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In our health lead, we now know that a bat coronavirus was enhanced in a lab. NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. The National Institutes of Health acknowledged that it funded research of a virus that was studied at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The experiment unexpectedly, we're told, made a bat coronavirus more contagious than the original naturally occurring one. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress. And I do not retract that statement. A new letter raising questions about experiments in a Wuhan lab. What was, let me finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. I love it. You need to hear it because it's so obvious what he has done now new information that Fauci was fiddling with bad viruses in Montana and that's just the start so what do we do with this now Fauci created a virus did he also release it one must ask and we shall with you next on the Wendy Bell radio program